Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to the third and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for March 28th, 2010. And next little article we'll be touching on is entitled, Will the CERN Stargate Reveal Messages from Another Universe? Lar- the Large Hadron Hadron Collider set a new record for the creation of energetic particle beams last week. Now, this is the one where they're trying to open up. They, they're saying that they might open up a black hole, and but there's a lot of people that are very apprehensive that this is going to create some type of interdimensional rift tear where they're literally going to allow whatever types of evil, malevolent beings through into our dimension. I don't know how that's all going to play out, but I know it's evil. And I know a lot of times that when when Christians have prayed against this, this machine continually goes down and down and down. Well, they've made some real progress, and this is why I want to kind of keep people reminded about this as far as prayer goes, because this thing, uh, they're making some serious progress. The particle accelerator, which surpassed Fermilab's Tevatron in December, smashed its own record, charging particles to 3.48 trillion electron volts, or three times the energy of any beam ever created by human beings and just under half the LHC's proposed maximum capabilities. So they're getting up there. Getting the beams to 3.5 TeV is a testimony to the soundness of LHC's overall design and the improvements we've made since the breakdown in September 2008. And I believe that breakdown came as a result of praying Christians. I really do. Uh, This was said by CERN's Director of Accelerators and Technology, Steve Myers, in the press release. He goes on to say it's a great credit to the patience and dedication of the LHC team. At full throttle, LHC could provide scientists with new insights into the nature of mass, dark matter, and the origins of the universe. Yeah, well, it's pure evil. Next article. This is a warning regarding this unbelievably blasphemous website called Encyclopedia Dramatica. Uh, I wrote some of this, some of this I copied right off their website. This website, there's a warning. I'm not even telling you to go up to this thing. It is. The people that put this site up are, from what I could gather, pagan, goth, homo, bi, transsexuals that are as sick and evil as anyone I've ever seen. The website was created, quote, in the spirit of the devil's dictionary. And there's... The, this link is beyond blasphemous. I mean, it is so sick, there's no way, I, I, you know, it's not something you want to go to, okay, this website. It's not something you want to go I want you to be made aware of it, but I'm not telling you to ever go there. Um, it's the most blasphemous thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying a lot in today's day and age. It is the sickest, most blasphemous website I have ever seen. Um, I posted some of the names of the people, but I took out all the links to their names, because I don't even want you going up to this and seeing this. It's so sick. Uh, now, they put, a, they put a page up for me. Now, this happened about a year ago, and I didn't even know about it for two or three months. started getting some emails from people saying, Hey, is this true? And I'm like, What? I've looked at this web page they put up about me, and I wrote in here, I need to count it all joy that they're attacking me, but I guess they think their disclaimer covers them, because understand, they're not just attacking me. They're attacking a ton of people up there. Um, some of them are Christian ministers, some of them are whoever or whatever they deem needs to be attacked. 
Um, this is their disclaimer off their own website. It says, The Encyclopedia Dramatica is an online, open-content humor and satire source, with the aims of being the ultimate compendium of internet parody. In other words, it's a bunch of lies. Okay? It's satire, parody, and humor. But it's done in a really sick, twisted, warped, perverted way. They just make up stuff about people. That's what they did about me. It's all lies, half-truths, and and just stuff they make up. But, I mean, they say the most vile stuff that you can imagine. Uh, They go on to say, this is uh, a voluntary association of individuals and groups who are developing a common resource of internet humor. Its structure allows anyone with an internet connection in the World Wide Web browser to alter the content found here. That's not true. They only selectively let people alter content, and you've got to be warped and perverted like they are. Therefore, please be advised that nothing found here has necessarily been reviewed by professionals with the expertise necessary to provide you with complete, accurate, or reliable information. None of the authors, contributors, sponsors, administrators, sysops, or anyone else connected with Encyclopedia Dramatica in any way whatsoever can be responsible for the appearance of any inaccurate or defamatory information or for your use of the information contained in or linked from the website. Oh, so we can't be held in any... We can't be held accountable in any way, shape, or form. We can put whatever we want up to there, but don't you dare even try to hold us accountable. You know who hold you accountable? God. Who they blaspheme more than I have ever seen anybody blaspheme, ever. This devil's dictionary, which is what the whole site is based on, man, it, I didn't go into it in depth, but it, it, what I little I did see was so bad, I, 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 it's not even appropriate for me to describe it. I don't even remember, it was a long time um, ago that I, anyway. Um, then they go on to say again, this is strictly a parody, satire, humor site, all content herein should be treated as such. But, you know, I've got people emailing me about, hey, you know, wh- why would they say that? <laughs> you know. This was a, um, a guy named David Gaunton Man, and this is what he said about Encyclopedia Dramatica. Now, this, I don't think this guy's saved. He's somebody that was making a comment. Evidently, this is something they put a page up about, because they've done this to a lot of people. He says, That isn't Wikipedia, but it's Encyclopedia Dramatica. It's that infamous site that is made by blank, who got kicked out of editing at Wikipedia, so they made their own wiki, site where standards of good taste, common decency, and avoidance of um, certain pictures do not exist. They made pages for about a gazillion people whom they deem unfit to live, including myself. Crazy thing about it is you go up there and if you read any of their profiles, and I don't advise you to do that, the stuff they say about each other is as bad as the people they're, they're going after. And they don't even know these people. Like they said, satire, satire and parody. But the stuff they say about each other is so bad, it's like, oh my word. They just don't care. Uh, I wrote in this, I'm going to pray specifically for each one of these people, warning, these are some seriously sick people mentioned below, as they are listed in conjunction with the most vile, blasphemous website. Um, Anyway, please pray against this evil tool of Satan. And I give you their names. Well, this is the handles they go by. But you know what? God knows who they are. So I would encourage you to pray against this wickedness and evil because it is truly one of the worst things I have ever seen on the internet. 
Anyway, I just wanted to address that because it's come up, and I didn't even want to dignify it before, but I think I should say something about it. If nothing else, just have people pray about it. Next article is the Boy Scouts sex abuse cover-up. The Boy Scouts of America have long kept an extensive archive of secret documents that chronicle the sexual abuse of young boys by scout leaders over the years. Do you know this about boys? We talked about the Girl Scouts a couple weeks ago, how pagan and witchcraft is seeping into that. Now we've got the secret documents that chronicle the sexual abuse of young boys by scout leaders over the years. The, quote, perversion files, which is a nickname the Boy Scouts are said to have used for the documents, have rarely been seen by public but that could change all in the coming weeks in an Oregon courtroom. The lawyer for a man who was molested in the 1980s by a scout leader has obtained about 1,000 Boy Scout sex files and is expected to release some of them when the trial begins Wednesday. The lawyer says the files show how the Boy Scouts have covered up abuse for decades. Sounds like the Catholic Church. On Friday, testimony from a bishop for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, which is the Mormons, responsible for a scout troop of church members, suggested that the scouts never provided training about spotting abuse or preventing it. The trial is significant because the files could offer a rare window into how the Boy Scouts have responded to sex abuse by scout leaders. I mean, let's face it, if you were a pedophile, a man, male pedophile, and you wanted an ideal uh, predatory place to implement whatever you were going to implement, the Boy Scouts would be a pretty good place to go, if you think about it, I mean, from a sick point of view. So, of course, it's going to attract that if there's no checks and balances. The only other time the documents are believed to have been presented at a trial was in the 1980s in Virginia. At the start of the Oregon trial, attorney Kelly Clark recited the Boy Scout oath and the promise to obey the Scout law to be trustworthy. Then he presented six boxes of documents, six boxes of documents, that he said, show how the Boy Scouts of America broke that oath. It's a good point. So anyway, that's something to think about. I mean, you know. Uh, next article. Entitled, He is not the Messiah. He is an economist from Golders Green. A bewildered, now this is, this is a secular source that I'm going from. This is from March 25th of this year. A bewildered British economist has been hailed as a messiah by a cult. Raj Patel, 37 years old, was bombarded with emails from followers of Share International, Maitreya's website, after he gave a television interview on the United States. Coincidence? Raj Patel, as a TV interviewer, in a TV interview, echoed the scene of Monty Python's Life of Brian, in which Brian was mistaken for the Savior. Raj said, I'm not the messiah. I'm just an, eco- an economics expert. The reason I'm saying this is because I've got a ton of emails about this. Oh, it's Raj Patel. He's Maitreya. I'm like, I don't think so. I'd be real surprised. Now, let me finish this and I'll, you can see why. The confusion began after Raj from Golders Green, North London, appeared, and again, that's where Maitreya supposedly lives, in a suburb, uh, an Indian Pakistani suburb in London. Okay, so they're, they're saying, oh, it's the same guy. Anyway, he appeared on TV in January to plug his book on the global financial crisis, which is called The Value of Nothing. Two days later, Share International Benjamin Krem announced that the chosen one of his cult calls Maitreya had arrived, telling followers Maitreya recently gave his first interview in America. Raj, who was raised Hindu, said, quote, I started getting emails saying, are you the world teacher? 
although Raj swiftly rejected his unholy credentials. Two, two devotees from Detroit flew 2,400 miles to meet him at a book signing in his current U.S. hometown in San Francisco. Raj said, quote, they were really nice, straightforward people. They said they thought I was the Maitreya. They also said I had appeared in their dreams. <laughs> I said, I'm really flattered you came all this way out here, but it breaks my heart you spent all this money to meet someone who isn't who you think he is. Meanwhile, Raj has to re- had to remove contact details from his website and refuses to talk further about Maitreya. He says it frustrates me. It might disappoint those looking for Maitreya that in fact I'm just an ordinary bloke. End of quote. I don't think this is the guy. I really don't. He's totally denying it. He's totally even not answered any questions. He's removed contact details from his website. Now, Matreya, Sharon International, when they're asked about this, they won't either confirm or deny. They're they're like Switzerland. They're just neutral on everything. You know, we're not going to say. But if Raj Patel, think about this. If Raj Patel were to come out and say, yeah, I fooled you guys, I am Matreya. Well, wouldn't that make him look like a bald-faced liar to everybody? Why would Matreya want to present himself as a bald-faced liar right out of the gate? I know he is a bald-faced liar, no doubt. But why would he want to give that as a first impression in his day of where he's coming out to humanity and doing his first interview. Now, this is not to be confused with the day of declaration that Maitreya talks about, where supposedly all eyes will see him and every mind will comprehend him and he'll communicate with everybody telepathically in their own language all over the world and all this other garbage. It's not the day of declaration, but supposedly this is all the precursor. Now, I I haven't seen anything solid on these interviews that Maitreya supposedly did. And if he really did these interviews, why isn't... Why are they accessible? Why are they so mystical and nebulous where you can't even find them anywhere? Everybody's saying it's Raj Patel because they're grasping at straws. I don't think he's the guy. I mean, I watched him speak and the guy was stuttering. He just, he did not come off as smooth in any way, shape, or form. not saying that I think I'm Mr. Perfect or whatever. I'm just saying he just, to me, totally does not fill the bill for this, okay? Um, It's my opinion, I could be proven wrong, I don't know, but all I can say is if he came out and said that, I'm Maitreya, you know, I just fooled you, why would he want to do that? It just paints him in a bad light right off the bat. So, anyway, next article. In India, 1,000 attacks in 500 days. Now, I know I had sent out that one prayer request a couple weeks ago, and people emailing me saying it was bogus and this and that. Listen, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect, okay? Um, I got it from a trusted source, I thought it was legitimate, It looked really urgent, and it was a bunch of garbage. Now, what kind of sick individual would put out a prayer request that was totally bogus? I mean, that's sick. But anyway, all manner of garbage goes on up on the Internet. But this is from the Baptist Press, March 22nd. And again, because I've seen reports like this, the prayer request that I sent out seemed very believable. Um, this is from New Delphi. Minority Christians in India, southern state of Karnataka, are under an unprecedented wave of persecution, having faced more than a thousand attacks in 500 days. So there is persecution going on in India, is the point I'm trying to make. Things to pray about. According to an independent investigation by a former senior judge on Karnataka's high court, 
The spate began on September 14, 2008, when at least 12 churches were attacked in one day in the city of Mangalore, said Justice Michael Saldana, who formerly served on the Karnataka court. On January 26, the day we celebrated India's Republic Day, Karnataka's 1,000th attack took place in Musaro City, or Mysore City. Saldahana told the Compass Direct News, saying the figure is based on reports from faith-based organizations. There are just over 1 million Christians among Karnataka's 52 million people. So in other words, there are 52 to 1 minority. Attacks are taking place every day. Uh, Saldahana said, um, who is the chairperson of the local Transparency International chapter. Okay, so, again, there is a lot of stuff going on over there that that um, is worthy of our prayers. Next article is medicating the military. At least one in six service members are on some form of psych, uh, psychiatric drug, and many troops are taking more than one kind. Remember, pharmacia. Sorcery, which is where we get the root word for sorcery in the Bible. I've done all kinds of studies on pharmacia and how that relates to the whole vaccination industry and how it's part of the depopulation and the dumbing down and, and, and the devastating our body type of thing. Psychiatric drugs are truly, you're getting into the realm of pharmacia. And I do believe there is a demonic component with these drugs that we're not seeing. Okay? Many troops are taking more than one kind of psychiatric. I mean, one in six service members? There, many are taking more than one kind, mixing several pills and daily cocktails. For example, an antidepressant with antipsychotic uh, activities to prevent nightmares, plus an anti-epileptic to reduce headaches, despite minimal clinical research testing such combinations. See, that's the thing about drugs, is there's synthetics, drugs that are made in laboratories, and a lot of times you don't know how the one drug's going to react to another. They can impair motor skills. They can reduce reaction times. They generally make... Uh, a warfighter less effective. Some double the risk for suicide, prompting doctors and the Congress to question whether these drugs are connected to a rising rate of military suicide. They're trying to kill the military every way they can. They vaccinate them to the gills. They send them if they're over in Iraq. They're disposed to. Um, they're exposed to all the depleted uranium that they fired, that they tip the ballistics with. That's totally cancer causing. I mean, there's one reason after another after another. They're just trying to devastate and kill the military. And if you doubt that, get and watch the documentary called Beyond Treason, Beyond Treason, where it's not my opinion, they're interviewing the people that were over there. Some of them were high-ranking doctors, people in the military that were high-ranking, telling them how they're doing this. It's all suppressed in the news, though. Gulf War Syndrome, it's all by design. So, um, let's go further. I mean, there's a rising rate of military suicide. It's really a large-scale experiment. We are experimenting with changing people's cognition and behavior, said Dr. Grace Jackson, a former Navy psychiatrist. A Military Times investigation of electronic records obtained from the Defense Logistics Agency shows the DLA spent $1.1 billion on a common psychiatric and pain medications. In 2001, $1.1 billion on psychiatric and pain medications for the military. 2001 to 2009. It also shows that the use of psychiatric medications has increased dramatically. About 76% overall. Isn't that unbelievable? How sickening. With some drugs more than doubling since the start of the current wars. Now, I I wanted to just go to the next article, but I feel like God's convicting me to tell you the story that happened to me. And I don't think I included this in my supernatural experiences. 
uh, about, I don't know, if it was one or one or two years, I, my life's been such a whirlwind, I believe it was a couple years ago, I ended up going, um, I met, ended up meeting this colonel that was in the army, and up in the mountains in North Carolina, and uh, spent about five days with him, and oh man, it was, it was really heavy duty. And I'm not going to get so much into that. Um, he had a lot of research that confirmed a lot of what I had found in my research. And he didn't want to, you know, it wasn't stuff you want to give over the phone. You want to kind of go and stuff. And I, Although he never really showed me a ton of the research he did, a lot of what I did find was, was confirmatory. And it was funny, we were up there, and I was riding with him one day, and we went to this post office. And he comes out of the post office with this guy. He's got his arm around him. He's like, man, you need to talk to the doc. And this guy's there. His name's Bobby. And, and, and this colonel that I was talking to had really, really, really been messed up by the military. And one of the things that had been a reoccurring theme of the time that I was up there for the five days was him telling me how the government is, the military is doing all these things to literally decimate and destroy the troops mentally and physically, and spiritually, literally, and how these people come out of the military and they're damaged goods, and, and how they need help, and they're not getting help, and the VA is failing them, and all this stuff, and this guy comes out, and he was one of these stories, and he just met him in the post office. And, I mean, I confirmed it with the guy. He didn't know him. So he comes out, and I, I believe in divine appointments. I believe God can set stuff up like this. Um, so we told this guy to come to, um, he had a welding shop, and he, he gave him the directions on how to get there, and, and he told him to come there that night if he wanted to talk to us more. So he ends up showing up, and when he shows up, he's in like full, like military dress. Not not like dress, but like he was in full camos with his with his military stuff on his sleeves, and you know, the whole, they had the hat on, the whole nine yards. It was kind of weird, you know, it was like, okay. Um... And so I start talking to him, and I just had an instant compassion for this guy. I just couldn't help it. And he tells me about how he was actually in Haiti, this guy. And they had went on some mission, and he had actually gotten captured. And like I said, in Haiti, voodoo is the number one religion. And he said there was a two-day period in Haiti where he did not know what happened. Now, if you're traumatized and tortured enough, you'll literally wall off areas of your life, and you will not be able to remember them if the trauma is sufficient. I don't know exactly what happened to this guy, but I can tell you right now, he was messed up. Uh, but still, I just could have nothing but compassion for him. I, I just, just loved him, you know? And so he's telling me this stuff, and we're in there, and, and the colonel's welding over there. He's a welder also, and uh, he's retired, colonel. And he's telling me this stuff, and he said... I asked him, I said, well, what else? I said, when you came back from Haiti, what, what, what happened? He said, well, came back from Haiti, my marriage fell apart, this and that, and, and, and how the military's given them no help, and how there's, there's all these military, ex-military that are really hurting, and the military's not doing anything to help them, or doing very minimal, and how the system's really broken. And I said, is there anything you brought back from Haiti? Or maybe he volunteered that. He says, yeah. He says, I brought back this... It was literally like this voodoo high priest stick. It was a big old wooden staff. And he said, I brought it back. And he said, 
I said, and he said, I brought back this vase, like, from Haiti, and I gave it to my wife. And, you know, when he got back, everything fell apart in his life. And I said, well, let me tell you something. Those are cursed objects you brought back. And no matter what you suffered over there, this is not helping anything. And he basically told me, he says, this, this staff, and he says he's totally afraid of it. He says he doesn't even want to touch it. He doesn't even have it in his house. I said, where do you have it? He says, I have a truck outside of my house, a Bronco, and I threw it in the back with all this junk. He says, I won't even drive it. I don't even think he drove the truck. So I'm like, well, let's go get it. So I jump in this guy's truck, and we drive. I don't even know him, and we drive, I don't know, how many, probably about a half hour. We get to this guy's house. Uh, I don't even know the colonel. I don't know this guy at all. But we're there, and I'm like, I'm like, where's it at? He says, it's there in the Bronco. He wouldn't even, he would not go into the Bronco to get it. I had to literally climb in over the back seat, over all this junk to get this voodoo Haitian stick. And I got it out of the truck. I said, this is it. He's like, yeah, I I can't believe you're touching it. He was freaked out. I said, check this out. And I busted it over my knee. Oh, he freaked out. You know, he couldn't believe I, you know, I, I just, I told him, I said, I've dealt with voodoo before. I said, I'm not afraid of this stuff. I said, I have seen my God overcome this stuff. I've had death curses put upon me. I've had all manner of evil spoken about me, and I'm still here. And it's not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ protecting me and what he can do through me. I said, I want you to have that type of faith. So he's like, what do we do with it? I said, we need to burn this thing. So we took it back to the shop. Colonel had this nice fire going in the corner, one of those oven type things that they have. Uh, and we, we put that thing in there and we burned it. He just couldn't. He just kept saying, I can't believe you touched it. I can't believe you broke it. He was relieved, though. He was very relieved I had done this. I'm like, man, it was my pleasure to do it. And so I said, what you need to do, you need to approach your ex-wife and you need to say, listen, I don't know how you want to put it, but you need to approach her and say, I need to get that vase back. I think I might have brought something back from Haiti and it's not good. This may be cursed. And I said... If, if she wants you to replace it with something, offer to pay for something to replace it that she likes. I said, whatever it takes to get that thing destroyed, do it. Because there's chances are it might be cursed too. Because trust me, this is one of the things that happens to people. They go to other countries, they bring back things and they're cursed. Or they can even buy them here and they're cursed. Brings a curse on you and then who knows what can happen. So I know that he eventually ended up doing that. But later... Um, I talked with him a little more, and then I went inside. It was getting late. Well, the next morning, the colonel gets me aside. He says, "He says, man, he says, do you know what you did last night? And I said, no. And he said, when you left, he came up to me, and he told me what he was getting ready to do. And he said, I knew as soon as I, wa- I saw him walk into my shop, I knew what he was getting ready to do. I said, what do you mean getting ready to do? He said, he was going to kill himself that night. He said... That's why he showed up in the full military fatigues and everything was there. He said, because many times if you're in military, if you go to kill yourself, and I've even seen this on some movies where the guys, I mean, they'll go into the full military dress where they got the hat and the suit and they'll, they'll blow their brains out or something with a gun. So that's what he was planning on doing that night. He said, but what you said to him and what you did with him changed him. And, and he was so grateful, and he's not going to kill himself. And I talked to him afterward. He didn't kill himself. So I'm not saying I'm 
anything at all. I, I just did my reasonable service. I was happy to help him. I really took pleasure in being able to help him. And I just praise the Lord. That was probably one of the main reasons I ended up going up there. You know, just for him. And it was worth it. I would have done it all over again uh, to help him. But um, his name was Bobby, if you know, if you feel led to pray for him. Um, anyway, God bless him. You know, I loved him. Love him. And uh, I pray the best for him. I really do. I believe he's, I believe he's still on my email list, too. Um, so, uh, anyway, Bobby, if you're out there and you listen to this, God bless you, man. I love you. And... Um, uh, God bless you. So next next thing, a um, couple worthy ministries. Um, Bible for today, Dr. D.A. Waite, he's got a Bible to prisoners, uh, send Bibles to prisoners ministry. And um, uh, I'll just read you a little bit of this. I, I, and I'll give you the links here. It's www.biblefortoday.org. But a year ago or so, we made an appeal to you friends to help us sending free Bibles to those in prison. The Lord touched your hearts and supplied this need. We are now running close to the end of these funds and ask you to see what the Lord might lead you to send us to help us once again. We do not want to stop sending our defined King James Bibles free to these men in prison who request them. Can you help us send them? Uh, sometimes our Bible for Today ministry receives three to six requests daily for Bibles. These are prisoners, both men and women, who write to us telling they have 5, 10, or 15 more years to serve in prison. Many claim they are born-again Christians whose lives have been torn apart by some unlawful deed that they had done to get them into prison. Understand, prison is a business in America. And the more people they imprison, the more money they're making. And that's a complicated subject. But just suffice it to say, we have the largest prison nation on the planet. Way more than Russia or anyone else. Per capita, we have more people in prison than any place on earth. And it's a racket. It's a business. Okay, they make they literally make money off it. And again, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail too far, but this is one of the reasons the love of money is the root of all evil, and, and it permeates into the prisons as well. Um, they have seen some of their fellow prisoners have one of our Bibles to comfort them and allow them to grow stronger in the Lord. They use them in the Bible study groups. Some of the prisoners are not saved, but wish to have a Bible to seek the Lord to find the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Some prisoners are getting out in a few days, weeks, or months, and want our Bible to take with them as they seek to begin a new life on the outside. And that's the only way they're going to truly be rehabilitated. They're not going to get rehabilitated through Allah. Well, a lot of them get go into prison, they come out Muslims. How is that going to rehabilitate them? Why? So that they can train to be a terrorist when they get out? Most of them are in gangs or whatever. When they go in, they come out, and they, you know, they end up dying for those stinking gangs that they're in. So if you feel led of the Lord to help us and cause... Uh, to help this cause um, of the Bible study ministry, you can do it in three ways. You can go to the website. And again, all this is going to be in the PDF. Uh, I'm going to send this out by email and also include on the PDF on contendingfortruth.com. You can go to Bible for Today, BibleFortoday.org and click on the online donations at the top of the page and put in the amount of gift you'd like to send us. Um, I don't know if there's a way, but I know if you send in a gift, you mark it Prisoner's Bible Fund. And it's Bible for Today, 900 Park Avenue, 900 Park Avenue, Collingswood, one word, C-O-L-L-I-N-G-S-W-O-O-D, New Jersey, 08108, 08108. Or you can call us at 856-854-4452, 856-854-4452. Um... And then he quotes the verse, Matthew 25, 35 through 40, for 
I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered or fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked or clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Something to think about when you do nice things for other people. It's like you're doing it unto the Lord. You know, you're literally, it's like you're doing it to Jesus Christ. It's kind of an awesome way of looking at things. Um, then he goes on to say, Can you help us come into these men and women who are in prison with our King James Bible and thus come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Please pray for this ministry, regardless of your ability to give or your financial help at this time, Pastor D.A. Wait. Okay, and then the next, the other ministry, and I've, I've referred to this one throughout the years, Afflicted Bible Missions Ministry, I have a ministry in orphans, primarily orphans in a gospel ministry in uh, the Ukraine. This is Dr. C.E. Manus. Um, the address is P.O. Box 33 Fort Ogden O-G-D-E-N, Florida 34267 P.O. Box 33, Fort Ogden O-G-D-E-N Florida 34267 this is from their newsletter. Um, starts out by saying, what a glorious day it will be. Maybe Jesus will come today. Uh, things have drastically changed in the Ukraine. Last month in the previous President Victor... Last month the previous President Victor Yushchenko has been replaced with a former two-time convicted felon and close friend of Putin in Russia. Victor Yanukovych, the new president, vowed in his bid for the high office that if elected, he would, number one, give official authority to the Orthodox Church, which means they will only be recognized, they will be the only recognized church and will forbid personal missionary evangelical work, which would include fundamental Baptist uh, church buildings, uh, orphan ministry, it would forbid all of that. And also, children would not be permitted to attend Sunday school or church unless they have legalized documents from their parents. We're talking serious tyranny here. Which means no more Sunday schools or youth meetings. Which is really their main ministry. One month after the elections, and this ministry is not 501c3, just so you know. One month after elections, Yanukovych has placed himself in charge of nearly everything according to the news. Does this sound like Obama? The Kiev Post reported on March 11, 2010 that it said, Goodbye gridlock government, hello steamroller government. Um, Viktor Yakovovich needed little more than two weeks in power to consolidate control over parliament to get his top choice of prime minister and to assemble a new cabinet of ministers. I will bet in a manner critics called unconstitutional. There was nary an opposition in the bunch, which looks like a reunion of aides from former President Leonid Kushma's corrupt authoritarian reign from 1994 to 2005. What does this mean? At present, missionary work is continuing. Souls are being saved. Our workers are going regularly to minister to some 1,700 orphans in 12 different homes and doing their church work, witnessing, passing out tracts, soul winning. However, this could be hindered and altogether stopped if the new president does what he says. So please pray for the Ukraine that his promises will never mature and that their freedoms will continue. Um... 
Recently, we have spoken to several small churches. Most are not able to take on new missionaries, so we need your continued support and prayers. Our workers in Ukraine send their most grateful gratitude to you. And donations can be sent to the address that I gave at the very start. Afflicted Bible Missions, P.O. Box 3333, Fort Ogden, Florida, 34267. And I also give you a link to their website. Okay, so that's all that we have today. Um, We'll go ahead and close us out in a word of prayer here. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've let us live in, Lord God. Praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord, for um, everything that you've done for us. I just thank you so much, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, we honor you, we glorify your name, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for our salvation. Those that are not saved, Lord God, anyone listening to this, I pray, Lord God, you would save their souls. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you do it this day in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.